listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Heavenly Father, we thank you today. It's an awesome privilege, God, that we have to come into your house today. And God, we ask, God, that you would just bless us today. God, as I preach today your word, God, I pray that it would bring life. It would be life. And God, that you would bring blessing to each one of us. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. This morning I'm going to preach in a box. We're talking this morning about Once again, praise and worship. This is going to be the last on the series of Behind the Music on a Sunday morning. And today I want to talk about coming out of the box. That it's time to come out of the box. Roxanne did an absolutely incredible job on Wednesday night. And I encourage you, come on a Wednesday night. It's incredible just to be together with family and friends and just to learn about God's Word. And she did an incredible job talking about how easily we can find ourselves in a box. How easily we can find ourselves in a box. And I want you to think about the thought of a box for a moment. Because there is certain characteristics of a box, and that is this. It's a place of restriction. I can only go so far, and then I'm hitting the limits of where I'm at. There's limited freedom. I I can do some things in here, but I can't do toe touches in here. I can't even do toe touches out of the box, to be honest with you. But it was just a good illustration. You know, I can't do that. Okay, there's really a bondage that I have because those of you who know and know how I like to preach, this is a bondage for me to be stuck inside of a box. And there's frustration that happens in a box. And if you don't believe that, just wait 10 minutes and you're probably going to see some. You're going to see some frustration. But it's hard even for me to preach how I would like to because I'm restrained. I'm in a box. But that's what I want you to see today. I want you to see the thought that perhaps there's a box around you today. Perhaps there's limited freedom. Perhaps there's restriction. Perhaps there's bondage. Perhaps it's even causing frustration in our lives. Because so many times we can find ourselves in a box. And we've got to break free. I said it's time that we break free. It's time that we come out of the box. Say, I'm done with restrictions. I'm done with limitations. There's a freedom that Jesus... How many knows that when Jesus died upon the cross, He says these words in John 10 verse 10, I have come that you may have life. Life does not ever become translated a mere existence. 
Jesus did not say, I've come that you can have a mere existence, that you've got to struggle through life for the rest of your life. Jesus said, I have come that you have life and that you will have life more abundantly. I love that. Not just abundantly, but more abundantly. How many knows that more is more? So if it's abundantly and God says more, that means you can have more than abundance. Come on, say that with me. More than abundance. But how often have we chosen to find ourselves in a box? And today the specific box that we're going to be dealing with is the thought of how we are in a box when it comes to praise and worshipping God. When it comes to giving him the glory and the honor and the praise, we find ourselves in a box. Turn with me quickly, if you would, to Romans chapter 12. And I was going to read just verse 2, but really with 2 comes verse 1. You can't get to verse 2 of Romans 12 without going through verse 1. So let's read together Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. And for all you heathens who don't bring your Bible to church, it's up on the screen. Verse 1, I beseech you, therefore. Basically, he's saying, I urge you. There's an urging here. There's an urging here. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Come on, just elbow your neighbor and say, wake up. You're supposed to be alive in church. The Bible says living, not dead. Come on, living, not dead. I've told this story before. There was a service, and it wasn't in this church, but there was a service in a church that someone died. They called the paramedics, and they took six people out before they found the dead person. Come on, there's got to be life in the house. Come on, there's got to be life in the house. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. We're not part of the frozen chosen. Do I hear an amen? Living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You know what that really means there? That we are to present our bodies to God to be used. That we would have life inside of us, that we would exuberate the life of God. And you know what it says? That's the least that you and I can do. I mean, that's the least. That's the starting point is what it says. That's the starting point of what we do. But let's read on in verse 2 and it says, And do not be conformed. Say with me, put in a box. Come on, I know there's more of you in here that can speak than that. I said, put in a box. Do not be conformed. Don't be put in a box. Don't be put in a mold to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. A new, fresh way of thinking. And it goes on to say that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You've got to come out of the box. You have got to come out of the box. Do you live in translation says, then you will know what God wants you to do. And how good and perfect and pleasing his will really is. I'm going to say something today. It may make some of you upset, but that's okay. Because we're saying it to bring you into freedom and liberty. You will never fully know God while you're living in a box. You will never fully, truly know God while you're living in restriction. 
and in bondage. Because what you are doing is, you're not only limiting the space for yourself, you are limiting the space that God Himself wants to fill. It's amazing the things that can become our box when it comes to praise and worship. Here's one. Culture. Our past culture. Well, I wasn't brought up like that. I was brought up in a certain denomination. And in our denomination, people didn't even clap their hands. We were laughing in our small group on Wednesday night that people said the only time people lifted up their hands was to ask to be excused or something out of the service. Or if they had a question. But it's amazing how when it comes to praise and worship, our old culture, our own mindset can just rule and reign and turn around and say, if it's not a hymn, I'm not going to praise God. If it's not this song or that song, if it's not something, listen to this, that I've become accustomed to. Oh, watch out. Accustomed to is put in a box. Do I hear an amen? What I have become put in a box to, we turn around and say, well, that's not real praise and I'm not going to enter in. Another box that we can put ourselves in praise and worship is fear. A lot of us are afraid to worship God. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Praise you, Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? We can get so afraid, what are other people going to think? There are so many inhibitors that we can allow into our mind of fear. What are other people going to think? You know, if I lift up my hands, if I shout, if I just dance a little bit and I praise, what about the person beside me? What about those around? I'm afraid to do that. It's amazing, isn't it? The limitations that we can put ourselves under. It kind of feels uncomfortable. That's another one, isn't it? It's uncomfortable. It's not natural for me. It's, it's not normal for me. It's okay for Pastor P to be excited and stuff. But you know, like I said, I came from the frozen chosen and we just stand there and we don't do nothing. And, and God sees our heart after all. And it's all about the heart. And it's all about, listen, I'm telling you right now, it's all about the heart. But the Bible says that where your heart is, There's a treasure that's right there. And when you've got a treasure, when you feel something inside of it, you're not going to just be praising God like this. You're going to be praising God. Because what an expression will come from inside of you. It will come out of you. So there's many things that becomes our box. It's the way we've always done it. So it always amazes me, and this is not on my notes, this is a bonus for you today. Always amazes me, when it comes to church, we want everything the same, but outside of church, we want the latest, newest, fastest, greatest, brightest things that there are. How many of you are still driving your car that you got for your graduation gift if you're 60 years of age? No, because you've already traded that baby in probably 40 years ago because you wanted a newer model. How many of you have got those phones still at your house where you have to put your finger in and go... No, you don't. How do you got those cell phones that, you know, they were, they were supposed to be mobile, but they're like a briefcase. And you had to have two hands to hold them. You couldn't, maybe they need to bring those back because people couldn't drive and talk on those things. Because you had to have two hands to hold them. Big old brutes. How many are still using one of those? No. You've got the latest modern, the most nicest fanciest, 
smartphone. If you're really cool, you've got an iPhone. That's all I can say. But, you know, we want everything new. We want everything modern. Now, here's a, here's a tip for you, though. Keep your clothes because they're going to come back in style again. I told Mr. Huss, I want to raid his closet. I want some of those plaid pants. I want some of those shirts with the big collars, you know. They're going to come, clothes and and shoes are going to keep those platforms, guys. They're going to come back in again, those bell bottoms. I mean, they come back in. But what I'm saying is, in everything else, we want freedom and liberty. We want the latest, the greatest, the newest. But when it comes to praise and worship, we want our box. It's the way we've always done it, so that's the only way it's right. The only words that God hears. Incidentally, you know when they began to sing hymns, the church world of that day was offended by the hymns. And you know why they were offended? Because they took bar room songs. They took the music from those songs that they used to sing in the bars and they put that music to the words of the hymns. And people looked at those hymns and said they're just songs that are sang in a bar. But the reason they did that was to capture the attention of people. But the church world of that day rejected it. It took them a while. So we look and say, well, God's the only one in hymns. When hymns first came, the church world fought that too. We've got to watch the box. The Bible says that we cannot be conformed, but we've got to be transformed. We cannot be conformed. We've got to be transformed. We've got to have a new mindset. We've got to have a new way of thinking. And literally, we've got to have a new way of seeing. We've got to start seeing with right perception. Perception or right perception is not limited to what we only see, but also by faith. What does that mean? What God sees that you and I don't see. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. New Living Translation says, Faith is the confident assurance. You see, when we get in an old mindset, our perception will be wrong too and we will never see ahead in God and what God has for us. Transformation. I like that word, transformed. Because that word transformed means several things. The first could be this. You're not going to be the same as you were before. There's going to be a new you. There's going to be a fresh vision. There's going to be new horizons. There's a new liberty and there's a freedom. Transformation is hard to do when you're in a box. Here's an important truth for you today. You're the only one that can break yourself free. You are the only one who can break yourself free. People around you can't. People around you can support you and help you, but they can't get you out of your box. Friends, the praise and worship team, they can't break your box. They can lead us in worship and praise, and that's what they are. They are leaders, but we have to be the ones that can break it. All they can do is invite us, but you're the one that's got to show up for the ball. Is it easy? No. It's not always easy when there's fears that are real, when there's traditions that we're accustomed to, that we've conformed to, that we become comfortable to, that we worry about what others will think. But there's also a reason why it's a struggle. Can I tell you today another reason why it's a struggle to break out of the box? Because Satan wants to keep you 
in your pretty confined box. He tells you it's okay. He tells you that's the only way it's going to be. You'll never be any different. And why would that be? Why would Satan want to keep me in a box? I'm telling you right now, if Satan wants me to do anything, I better do the opposite. Because I'm not going to find God where Satan's at. Come on, do you hear me today? If it's a comfortable place for me to be and there's no pressure... We know the adversary, the one who comes to fight us and attack us. If we're living comfortable lives, I think it's Smith Wigglesworth that said this, an incredible guy that lived. He says this, if you're not facing the devil head on every day, that means you're walking with him. If he's walking with us, there's no pressure, there's no struggle, there's no strain. Satan wants to keep you in a box. Has anyone ever gone out and bought a new pair of shoes? There's only one way that your new pair of shoes can be your favorite pair that you have ever had and the most comfortable that you have ever had, and that is this. You've got to keep wearing them. I've got a pair of shoes on today. Gave me a blister yesterday. How many of those blisters are not good? Come on, help me out there. You've got to break in those shoes. I mean, you've got to break them in. You've got to fight through some stuff. There is nothing worse. I don't care what anyone says. There is nothing worse than a burst blister on your heel. And to try and walk. Because you can't forget that thing because every step you take, it reminds you it's there. Come on, it's screaming at you. Has anyone ever had a blister in the house? As Mr. Huss calls them, a blister sister. But what have you got to do? You've got to put a band-aid on. And you've got to put that shoe back on. And you've got to fight through it. And it's not going to be long that you're going to be telling someone, this is the most comfortable pair of shoes I have ever had. But they gave you blisters a while back. They were uncomfortable. You've got to fight through it. You see, you're the only one that can do it. Remember today we are specifically talking about praise and worship, but there are many other boxes too. And the answer and the escape or the breaking free of any box is the same. And that is this, you've got to do it. And the reason you can do it today is because Jesus made it possible for you to do it. He died upon a cross. And when he died upon a cross, he said these words, it is finished. You know what he said, translated? Every box of restriction is smashed and broken. The problem is the communication's got to get into our hearts and into our spirits that we would realize because of what he did, there can be freedom in our lives and victory. And that's the only way that we can break free of our box is through him. I used this illustration on Wednesday. God will not go against your will. People turn around and say, well, there's nothing that God cannot do. It's one thing he cannot do. You know what that is? Go against your will. And you can say, well, he could do that. No, he cannot do that. And can I tell you why he cannot do that? Because if he did that, he would not be true to his word. And he said he cannot do anything against his word. He gave every one of us a free choice. He gave every one of us a free will. Think about the one that created and spoke and mountains appeared and trees and everything can be held in check by your will. Pretty scary thought, isn't it? I said, pretty scary thought, isn't it? So if God's not going to go 
against your will. Can I illustrate quickly praise and worship for you? Notice how easy it really is to get out of the box if we want to do it. Notice how easy it really is if we want to do it. But here's us praising and worshipping God. We're in a mode and we're in the zone and the band is singing and we're turning around and we're waiting. This is what some of us are waiting to do. We're waiting for God to move our feet. God, if you want me to praise today, you're going to start tapping my left foot. God, hello, you said it was right for us to praise you, so God, come on, make me praise you. Tap my left foot. Hmm. God, are you there? It's amazing how many of us in praise and worship were waiting for something to happen, that all of a sudden, whoa. I'm joking about it, but we're waiting for something miraculously to happen that all of a sudden our legs start going. And then all of a sudden, while we're concentrating on our legs, all of a sudden... (laughs) Now, I know I'm joking about it today, but it's amazing how many of us are waiting for God to move us. Well, we've got to take a step ourselves. We've got to take a step in the flesh and start saying, you know what? I maybe had a bad day, but can I tell you something? I'm going to start praising God. I'm going to start praising God. You know what? I'm maybe not even feeling it right now because those thoughts are still in my head. But you know what? God, you're worthy of my praise. Come on, God, I'm still feeling sick. But you know what, God? I'm still going to keep praising you. Come on, do I have a witness in the house? It may be still tough and the problems may still be there. But I'm going to start to praise you. Because when I take one step towards you, can I tell you, God runs to your situation. God runs to your circumstance. Back to the box. Amazing how many quickly we can get out of the box and how quickly we can get back into the box. But so many of us are waiting for God to move us. For God to start moving our legs and our hands and for us to clap. We're waiting. But we've got to push through those fears. Those apprehensions. Those mindsets. And we've got to let ourselves go. It's kind of a place of vulnerability, really, because you're kind of throwing yourself out there. But you know what? God won't leave you out there alone. Come on, I said God won't leave you out there alone. Why? Because as you throw yourself out there and begin to praise and worship God, it's the beginning of such freedom, such liberty, and such blessing. It's a step in the right direction. But here's what I've observed. What I've observed is this. When it comes to church, we can't do that. But we can be walking in the mall or we can just be out with people. And all of a sudden, a song comes on the radio. And before we know it, we're already shaken. Come on. 
And you should see the moves inside of this box. They are incredible. You're just not even seeing the half of it. I mean, my legs are just swinging like you wouldn't believe it right now. Isn't it amazing, though? A song can come on the radio, and before we realize it, we're tapping our feet, and we're getting into it, and we're moving into it, and all these kind of stuff. We're participating in it. And here's what we'll say. Someone will say, what's your problem? You say, oh, I like this song. (laughs) Brings back happy memories, this song. I remember we were this, and we were that, and we were... I love that song. Can I tell you today that you and I need to love praise and worship? We need to love praise and worship. And here's how we are to love praise and worship. In this way. We must love it more than the song. I don't like that song. It's too loud. Daryl plays that guitar, just, oh, I don't like that. We've got to love more than just the song. Because listen to me, in praise and worship, if we just love the song, you know what happens? When we don't like the song, we're not going to praise. We've got to do more than love the song. And you know what that is? We've got to love who the song is about and who the song is to. Do I hear a witness in the house? We've got to love who the song is about. That's about Jesus. And what it wants to do in every one of our lives. I love to tell people this, that if my heart is really right in praise and worship, I could praise and worship God if someone was singing up here today, we all live in a yellow submarine, a yellow submarine, a yellow submarine. I mean, that was crazy, I know. But if my heart is really right and I'm focused in on God, I don't love the song. I'm loving Him. And I can praise Him. Now, don't get me wrong today. I'm not saying that that type of music should be played in church. I don't believe it should. In fact, I don't think you should use the world's songs to praise God. But what I'm trying to show you is this. And I'm getting frustrated in the box, by the way. I just want you to know that. But what I'm trying to show you today is this. The point I'm trying to prove is this. It's all about Him. It's all about Him. It's all about the audience of one. It's about giving Him what He deserves. It's about just letting go and letting God and just trusting Him and saying, God, I need you more than ever before. It's about pleasing Him. When someone stands up and performs before an audience, what do they want to do? They want to please the audience. They want to hear cheers. They want to hear applause. They want to hear laughter. Because if not, no one's coming back to their show. That's how we are with God. He's the audience of one. It's the audience of one. Everything we're doing is not about pleasing Mr. Haas. It's not about pleasing Kayla. It's not about pleasing Earl. It's not about pleasing Lonnie. It's not about pleasing Pastor P. Everything we do should be about pleasing Him. Pleasing Him. Pleasing Him. It's all about an audience of one. That when I'm in praise and worship, when I'm in my car, wherever I'm at, that he enjoys and he's happy with that which is given to him. But can I really truly do that from out of the box? Let me add this in regards to the audience of one. It's not about bringing praise to yourself. 
The audience of one is not about bringing praise to yourself. I'm telling you right now, I'm a really nice guy. But if you start praising and worshipping God in this house, and you start taking the glory upon yourself, and people are seeing you before they're seeing God, Pastor P is going to have a talk with you. Why? Because you know what? We're not going to let people steal the praise from God in this house. When you praise and worship God, if every eye is on you, guess what? That's wrong praise. Come on, come on, help me out in this place. Because if people are seeing you, they're not seeing the one. Praise and worship is about giving glory and honor to God. I believe that we should praise and worship God in such a way that we inspire other people around us to worship God. That people around us can look and say, well, I know they've had a rough week. I know what's going on in their life. And if they can have their hands in the air, if they can be praising God, I want that too. I remember a kid seeing people with tears rolling down their face. And I didn't look at them and say, they're crazy. I looked at them and said, I want that. I remember remember seeing grown men with their hands in the air, with tears streaming down their face as a little boy. And I said, I want to be a man like that. It inspired me to praise and worship God. True praise will inspire other people around. We're not going to have self-seeking praise in here where it's all about me. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm telling you, if you want to praise like that, we'll first tell you stop and change your praise. And if you want to praise like that, then you can go out in the hallway and praise God. Or you can praise God like that in your own house. You're not going to praise it like that in this house. Because this is God's house. Do I hear an amen? Amen. It's God's house. It's God's house. Today, quickly, I want to show you from God's Word how we can break the box. How we can come out of the box and how we can praise the audience of one. I really wish I had more time to deal with this, but we'll do the best we can with the time that we've got. And the rest you can read later. We're going to go to it in a moment, but not right now. But when you go to 2 Samuel chapter 6, in fact, you can turn there if you want. 2 Samuel chapter 6, we're not going to read right now, but you can kind of follow on with what I'm saying. It's good to follow along because it's good to know that you've been told the truth. Do I hear an amen? In 2 Samuel chapter 6, we see that David is now king. Saul's dead, Jonathan's dead, he's now king, he's now on the throne. He's now living in Jerusalem, having driven the Philistines back. David's living large and proud. He's feeling good about what's going on. He's feeling good about what he's accomplished. He's looking around and he's realizing, wow, God's been great to me and God's been gracious to me. And wow, we've defeated this army and that. And wow, he's sitting there and he's enjoying himself. And he's thinking, man, life could not be better, but... All of a sudden, a thought came across his mind. And he realizes there's something missing from all of this. And you know what was missing? The ark of God. The ark of God. That which symbolized, and not just symbolized, but that place between the cherubim, the mercy seat where God's presence dwelt. He looked and he said, everything is great in my life. But hold on a second, there's one thing that's missing. It's the presence of God. It's God's presence. I'm not going to go into it, but in fact the Bible tells us it's been about 70 years since God's presence was in the rightful place. And you know where the rightful place of God's presence was? In the center, in the middle. You know where God's presence wants to be in your life? Right in the center. That everything of your life revolves around it. 
In fact, in the book of Psalms, the psalmist tells us that they didn't even really know where the ark was. They thought it was maybe in a field somewhere or in woods. How sad that the presence of God could be lost. And people didn't even really know where it was. You can read the same account in First Chronicles chapter 13. And David goes to his buddies and those around him and he says, Hey, I've got a good idea. Let's go and get the ark back. And they all said, Great, let's do that. But listen to me, hold this thought. A good idea is not always a God idea. A good idea is not always a God idea. So they come up with a plan. Let's go and get the presence of God. They find it. They get a brand new cart. They do everything they think is right. They put the ark upon the cart. There's all this pomp and fest. There's a great celebration. And everything is going great until Uzzah is struck dead. The ark hits a pothole. Not something new for us. We all understand those. Must have been in Louisiana they found the ark. eh? The ark hits a pothole. And Uzzah puts his hand out to steady it upon the cart. And all of a sudden, I don't know how it happened, but all of a sudden, bam, he's laying dead on the floor. How many would say that's not good? Come on, how many would help me out here today? How many would say that's not good? And you know why it's not good, Dan? Because remember, it's not God. It's a good idea, but it's not a... So it's not good because it's not God. Keep holding that thought. David, you can read it in 2 Samuel 6 verse 8 and 9. David first gets angry with God and then he's afraid. Anger at first and then he's afraid. But the reality is this, it wasn't God's fault. And here's the problem. Here's the problem of that day, and it wasn't God. The problem was David comes as king. The problem that day was David came as king. In other words, that day was all about him. What he was doing. How he was bringing the ark back. How it was the nicest cart and it was the most glorious day. He was dressed in the greatest apparel that he had. All the pomp and the fest and the music and the noise and just everything. That day, everyone was waving at the king and they were praising the king and all his stuff. And looking and saying, what's that? When the ark came by. It's like a Disney World show. Parade. Here they come. Whoa. There he is. There he is. God will not share his glory with no man. David doesn't want it anymore. He's now afraid of it. He doesn't want it. So he puts it in Obed-Eden's house. Here's another bonus for you today. Take it or leave it. In order for Obed-Edom to take the ark into God's house, he first had to step over dead flesh to take the ark home. Maybe it's time in your life that you step over some dead flesh. Those relationships, those friendships. Come on. 
those addictions, those hurts, those things. We've got to step over those things so what? So we can get the anointing of God back into our lives. Did you catch that today? I hope you did. That Obed even had to step over some death. Come on, as children of God, we better step over some things because if it's not life, if it's not God, then it's not good. For three months, it's in Obededom's house. And every day, headline news, Obededom is blessed. Obed-Edom is blessed. Wow, Obed-Edom just got a new car. Obed-Edom just got blessed. His wife just got healed. Great things are happening. His pumpkins are five times the size of everyone else's. Have you seen the carrots and the potatoes that are coming from Obed-Edom's garden? Every day there was a headline, Obed-Edom this, Obed-Edom that. That everyone in the kingdom knew he was blessed. There was something happening in his house. And even the king hears of it. So what does David do? He goes out to get the ark again. But listen to me, he doesn't go out like he did the first time. He doesn't go out as king. But this time he goes out as just a worshipper. Just a worshipper. Just a worshipper. Let's read the story today, can we quickly? Beginning in verse 12. And it says this. I've got the wrong verse there. Let me follow on the screen. I can't read that. Hold on. It says this. And where are we at? Help me out. Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 12. Dun, 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 dun. Goodness me. It says this. I'm in 1 Samuel. I'm really screwing it up today. 2 Samuel chapter 12. Get out of that box. That's the problem. You see, when you're in a box, it's problems. 2 Samuel chapter 6 verse 12. It says, Now it was told King David, saying, that Obed-Edom and the belongs to him have been blessed because of the ark of God. So David went and brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces. Notice now, they're carrying it. It's not on a cart. They're carrying it like it should be. When they had gone six paces, that David sacrificed an oxen and a fatted sheep. Verse 14, then David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpets. Now, as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, son's daughter, uh, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David, her husband, leaping and whirling before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected. He had built for it. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Then he distributed amongst all the people, the whole multitude of Israel, both women and men, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. Then David returned to bless his household, and Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David, her husband, and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today! 
uncovering himself today in the eyes of all the women, all the maidens of his servants, as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all this house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore I will play music before the Lord. Verse 22, And I will become, or I will be even more undignified than this, and will be humbled in my own sight. But as for the maids or the servants of whom you have spoken, to them I will be held in honor. Therefore Michael the daughter of Saul, David's wife, the Bible says, had no children to the day of her death. In verse 22, David says these words, I will become even more undignified than this. In other words, what he was telling his wife and whoever was in the presence at that time, he was saying, if you think you've seen something, just hold on because I'm just getting started. He was saying, you haven't seen anything yet. The New Living Translation of verse 22 says, yes, I am willing to even look more foolish than this. Foolish than this. Notice he says, I'm willing. I'm going to come out of the box and I'm going to give to God what he truly desires. And you know what that is? My best and my all. David is saying, I am willing to give to God no matter what other people may think around me. It may look foolish to you, but you know what? I'm going to be humbled in my sight because it's all about God. His wife looked at David's foolishness, as he labeled it, or she said, As his shame. That's how she saw it. She saw him degrading his position. She saw that he had brought shame upon himself. As it says in verse 20, he shamelessly uncovered himself. Doesn't mean he was running around naked. It means he took off his kingly robes. And he put on just a linen garment. A linen ephod. The priestly robe. Because he was now going as a worshipper. But what she thought had brought shame upon him, the Bible says that how he praised and how he worshipped God honoured him before all those who were around him. Here's my translation to that. As David praised and worshipped God and spun around and whirled and worshipped with all of his might, Here's my translation. The wife looks and says he's making a fool of himself. But everyone else of that day looked and said, I want to praise God like that. I want to worship God like that. It made people say, I want to have a relationship with God just like that. The Message Bible says, I will gladly look a fool. That's what David said. I think it's time we get more undignified. I think it's time that we stop allowing all those lift of inhibitors. Well, it's all the way we've done it. I'm afraid. What will other people think? It's uncomfortable. It's time that we release all those things and break free of the box. It's time in praise and worship that we start to come out of the box. Again, please understand what I'm saying here. Being undignified is not getting wild and out of control. It's not being wild and out of control. But it's failing to worry about what others think and what will be their opinion. 
Worrying about the culture you're brought up in and forgetting all those things and totally given to God. It's time to come out of the box. Can I tell you today, I'm tired of being in this box. I mean, I'm tired. I'm not as tired as I am when I normally preach because I've saved a lot of energy being in a box today. But you know what? I'm tired of the restrictions. I'm tired of seeing people restricted and in bondage. I'm tired of the bondage, the restrictions. I'm tired of the inability to be able to really truly express myself what I want. And I'm ready to give it all to God. Are you? Are you? Because giving all to God is all that He deserves. He deserves it all. But remember what we said earlier. You are the only one that can do it. And you know what coming out of the box means? Coming out of the box doesn't mean going out the comfortable way. Because you know what that also means? You can come back in the comfortable way. But you know what breaking a box or coming out of a box means? That's what breaking a box means. Because you know what? When tradition tries to get me back, there's nothing to go back to. Come on, when fear starts to come back, we've got to remind ourselves, come on, there's nothing to go back to. Come on, the world behind me, the cross before me. There's no turning back, it's just going forward. It's time that we worship God as we sing, unrestrained. It's time that we worship and praise God, maybe a little bit undignified. Just given all to God. Given all to Him. Behind the music, this whole series, what we've tried to say to you is this. When everything's stripped away, when there's no band playing and there's no music and there's no church and you're out wherever you're at, is there still something left for God? Did you hear me? Is there still something left? Left for God. Don't fall victim to just performance. David did that. It's the heart God requires. Why? Because a good thing is not always a God thing. But when it's God, it's good. And David came as a worshipper. As a worshipper. As a worshipper. Would you bow your heads with me today? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.